This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here's our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. And the harvest is described as all the dead standing before God with books of the record of their lives open, and then there's another book there, also called the Book of Life in Revelation 20.12, Revelation 20.12. I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were open, and another book was open, which is the Book of Life, and the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the final harvest is described as everyone coming, even the sea giving up her dead, those who were buried at sea, those that, and you can imagine those that were cremated, ashes give up her dead, those who were in hell giving up her dead to be judged. No one escapes the final judgment in Revelation 2013, Revelation 2013. The sea gave up the dead which were in it. Death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works. And it's angels, angels that are gonna do this. When The Lord says when he comes back, He'll have the angels with him in Matthew 25, 31. Matthew 25, 31, when the Son of Man shall come in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory. And now angels are very skillful, they're very strong, and they're very loyal to Christ. And they're gonna carry out all this final judgment. Angels are our friends. Angels are our friends. They help us. It says in Hebrews 1.13, Hebrews 1.13, angels who will be the reapers to eventually carry us into Christ's barn, heaven, they help us, Hebrews 1.13, Hebrews 1.13. Which of the angels said he at any time, sit on my right hand till I make thine enemies thy footstools? Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? So angels are as reapers also protect believers. It says in Psalm 34, seven, Psalm 34, seven, the angel of the Lord encampeth round about them and delivereth them. That's what the angels do, they encamp around us. 
People say to me, aren't you afraid living alone? Do you have bodyguards? No, I don't have bodyguards. You, aren't you afraid? Living? No, I'm not. Because angels. And so angels have been commanded to protect God's children. It says Psalm 91.11, Psalm 91.11. He shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands that thou uh, dash, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. When Daniel was in the lion's den, there, very, very, very terrible, scary place to be. He's in a lion's den down there, and then the lions don't touch him, and then the king comes and, and says, Daniel, are you still alive? Daniel explained to the king how come the lions didn't kill him. He said in Daniel 6.22, Daniel 6.22, my God has sent his angel and has shut the lion's mouth that they have not hurt me. So you can imagine Daniel is seeing that this angel is keeping that lion's mouth shut. Angels help us understand. They help us understand where we're very disturbed. They've helped us. Joseph, mother, the husband of Mary, was very disturbed over his wife's pregnancy. It says in Matthew 119, Matthew 119, then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And then later on in their lives, it was an angel that caused the family to avoid danger in Matthew 2.13, Matthew 2.13. The angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother and flee into Egypt and be there thou there until I bring thee word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. We're told that angels, angels like the Lord said about the reapers in that story, that angels are gonna carry believers to heaven. It's gonna be angels. Matthew 24, 31, Matthew 24, 31, he shall send his angels with the great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds, from the one end of heaven to the other. And we saw that in the case of uh, the beggar, Lazarus, when he died, it says in Luke 16, 22, Luke 16, 22, it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. It was an angel that opened up the prison doors for the apostles in Acts 5, Acts 5, the angel of the Lord by night, Acts 5, 19, 5, 19, the angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors and brought them forth. An angel took off the chains off of Peter's arms and legs when he was in prison and opened the prison doors. In Acts 12.6, Acts 12.6, when Herod would have brought him forth the same night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains, and the keepers before the door kept the prison. And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and a light shined in the prison, and he smote Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise up quickly, and his chains fell off his hands. And then it was an angel when Herod was standing in front of all the people there and he was uh, making a great oration and the people were saying, oh, it's not the voice of man, it's the voice of God. An angel stepped in in Acts 12, 21, Acts 12, 21. Upon a set day, Herod, arrayed in royal apparel, sat upon his throne, made an oration unto him. The people gave a shout saying, it's the voice of a God, not of a man. Immediately, the angel of the Lord smote him because he gave not God the glory and he was eaten of worms, gave up the ghost. So when the final harvest comes, as this story is told in verse 30, it will be with a shout, in verse 30, I will say to the, to the reapers, gather you together first the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them. So the final shout is, gather ye together 
It's gather you together. Just like it says in Psalm 50, verse five, Psalm 50, verse five, gather my saints together unto me, those that have made a covenant with me by sacrifice. So this is the parable. This is the parable of the sower and the field. And there are seven important points. First point again, the world field belongs to Christ. It's his. Point number two, Christ has a vision of goodness in his world. Point number three, Christ has an enemy, the devil, who wants simply to hurt and harm Christ by destroying what Christ wants to do. Point number three, the first priority for Christ is us, the wheat. Point number five is both the saved and the lost are gonna be physically together in life and without Christ physically separating the saved from the lost. And then point number six, Christ will determine the time of that separation, the time of that judgment or the harvest. And point number seven, the angels will do this final work of casting the lost into hell and gathering the saved into heaven. So that's what he wanted to teach in that parable. He wanted to explain why there is evil and wickedness in the world. First parable, why the gospel doesn't work for everyone. Second parable, why there's evil and wickedness in the earth. Okay, now again, we can imagine the Lord, he's got a troubled look on his face, he reaches down into his analogy bag, and he wants to describe something that's also gonna be hard to understand, and that is, how is it, you're talking about goodness in the earth, how is it that this small little group of people here, his disciples, are gonna make such a big impact on the world and bring so much good into the world? So again, he reaches down into his analogy bag and he pulls out this very small seed, it's a mustard seed, and with that he says, I got it, and he looks and he says in verse 31, Verse 31, another parable put he forth unto them, saying, the kingdom of heaven is like to a grain of mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field, which indeed is the least of all seeds, but when it's grown, it's the greatest among herbs. It becomes a tree. So the birds of the air come and lodge in the branches thereof. So here he's saying, do you wanna know about how my little group of followers is going to bring so much good into the world? Well, just look at this mustard seed. It's so small, but it becomes a tree that birds lodge in. And now he wants to continue on the same thought, and now he wants to describe how does the gospel work? How can it work like that? How's it gonna work to convert men, to heal them from their sins? So he turns now to a housewife. A housewife, in verse 33, verse 33, he describes another parable, speaking unto them, saying, the kingdom of heaven is like unto leaven, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal till the whole was leaven. A woman took this leaven and mixed it in with this meal. Why? Because the woman had confidence in what the leaven would do. She knew that it would spread, and it was that knowledge of how it would spread that drove her to knead the dough and to hide the meal in there till the whole was leavened. And this, he says, is a picture of the gospel. It's a picture of the gospel, which means the gospel means good news. Good news means the gospel. It's good news from God. Good news that God wants to be your friend. Good news that God wants the war over between you and God. Good news that God is willing to forgive all your sins. Good news that God has provided a full payment for all your sins. Good news that God's made a covering for you, 
a covering for your sins so that he can't see them. He can't remember them. He can't hear the claims for judgment. Good news that God came to earth in the person of Jesus Christ to become the Lamb of God to take away the sins of the world. This is all good news. This is gospel good news. This is the gospel. And just as that woman had confidence in leaven that it would do its work, we have confidence that that good news, that gospel, that we are like the woman that has confidence in leaven. We have confidence in the gospel. And because of her confidence, she hid it in the meal. It says that she hid it in the meal till it had infected, so to speak, the whole meal. And because our confidence in the gospel, we hide it in our hearts and in the hearts of others. We try to because when the leaven was working overnight in that woman's house and that meal, no one heard anything, but it worked. And the gospel works silently, but it works. And you can't hear leaven work and you can't hear the gospel work. You don't know the gospel's working, but it's working. And it's very interesting with this parable, very important word where the Lord used the word took. He used the word took. It's very important in verse 33. Leaven, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal. Because unless that woman took that leaven and put it in the meal, the meal would not have changed. The meal would not have, have all become leavened. Because it was up to that woman, that woman's responsibility. She had to take that leaven and put it in the meal. And just like us, if we don't give the gospel, if we don't speak the gospel, if we don't communicate it to the lost, the gospel won't work to convert souls from death to life. But she did it. But there's a reason why it worked too. It's called meal. She put it into meal. Meal is not the same as kernels or grains. The difference between whole corn and corn that's been made into meal is that the corn in the meal has been ground up. It's ground up. If you put leaven in whole corn kernels, the leaven will not work. The corn kernels will not become leavened. But if you put leaven in corn that's been ground up, corn meal, then the leaven will work. The corn has to be ground into meal for the leaven to work. The heart is like the corn. The heart's like the meal. The leaven is like the gospel. If the heart has not been broken up, has not been ground down, has not been brought to a point of humility, broken with sin, shame, guilt, the heart is hard, the gospel like leaven will not work. But if the heart has been humbled and it's soft and it's pliable, then the gospel like leaven will work. And moreover, the leaven he didn't say he sprinkled it over the top of the meal. It's described in verse 33. She hid it in three measures of meal. The gospel has to be received and it's got to be hid in the heart. Like David said in Psalm 119.11, Psalm 119.11, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Like Job said in Job 22.22, Job 22.22 he said, receive, I pray thee, the law from his mouth and lay up his words in thine heart. This is, what, this is the great promise in the book of parables, in the book of Proverbs, in Proverbs 2.1, Proverbs 2.1. My son, if thou wilt receive my words, hide my commandments with thee, so that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom, apply thine heart to understanding. Yea, if thou criest after knowledge, Lift us up thy voice for understanding. If thou seekest her as silver, 
searchest for her as for hid treasures, then thou shalt understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. This is the experience of Jeremiah the prophet. Jeremiah the prophet in Jeremiah 15, 16. Jeremiah 15, 16 said, Thy words were found, and I did eat them. And thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of thy, my heart, for I am called by thy name, O Lord God of hosts. This is the thing about Mary, Mary, the mother of the Lord. The Mary, Mary says in Luke 2.19, Luke 2.19, Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. She mulled them over. This is what we're told to do in Colossians 3.16. Colossians 3.16, where it says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching, admonishing one another in psalms and hymns, spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And leaven, it's pretty fast. It's not slow. It works pretty quickly. 24 hours, you got it done. The job's done. And the word of God is described in Hebrews 4.12. Hebrews 4.12, the word of God is quick, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. But it's interesting about leaven because when you look at dough before it's leavened and dough after it's leavened, just its, it's just surface opinion looks the same. It really doesn't change. It doesn't change. What changes is the taste, the taste. And the gospel changes the taste of a person. We are unto God a savor, a taste of life unto life. That's what the gospel does. But it changes us slowly, as it says in 2 Corinthians 3.18. 2 Corinthians 3.18 we all with an open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory by the Spirit of the Lord. So this is what these parables are. These parables are hidden treasures, as it says in Proverbs 2. If you look for them, you'll find them. Yeah. And all of these parables are hidden treasures, like Christ is a hidden treasure from Colossians 2.3. In Christ, in him, are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So now... The teaching's over for the parables, and now the Lord has dismissed the multitude in verse 36. Then Jesus sent the multitude away and went into the house, and the disciples came unto him, saying, Declare unto us the parable of the tares of the field. So he sends the multitude away, and, and he goes into the house. That's a beautiful picture right there. I mean, just take it from a different angle. That the multitude can represent our anxieties, can represent our what we got to do, who we got to call, where we need to go, what we need to buy. All those are like the crowds, the multitudes. They gather around and we send them away. And then we go to a place where Jesus can converse with us privately. And now, he didn't go into the house to take a rest. He went into the house to, to be with his disciples it shows how much he wants to be with them. Anyways, the disciples are quick to notice that he goes into the house, and then he says his disciples came unto him. They came to him because what was happening in their hearts, something was happening. It says about other disciples in Luke 24, 32, Luke 24, 32, they said one to another, did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us, by the way, while he opened us the scriptures? So they got this burning going on in their heart, and they come and they say to him, and it took a lot of humility on their part to come and say, verse 36, verse 36, declare unto us the parable of the tares of the field. Man, everybody looked at them and says, well, you must know, you're the disciples, you're the apostles. You know, they could have went, ah, I know, when they didn't know. But they didn't. They were honest. And they came and they say, we don't know. Tell us. 
And that humility is what God wants in order for God to teach him. It says in Psalm 25.9, Psalm 25.9, the meek will he guide in judgment. The meek will he teach his way. The word the meek, that word meek is anav. Anav. Anav is an interesting Hebrew word because it literally means put your head down. When you walk around like this, you know, you're not even, like the publican who wouldn't even lift his eyes to heaven, you just kind of walk around like that's anav. That's what that word means. And it's looking down, it means looking down. Psalm 25, 8, Psalm 25, 8. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore will he teach sinners in the way. He's gonna teach sinners. He's gonna teach the anav, the ones looking down. He's gonna teach sinners, sinners. The Hebrew word for sinners is kata. It means criminal, literally means criminal. It's very interesting when I was in Japan and I would try to explain to them about sin. There is no word for sin in Japanese. There's no word for sin in Japanese. But there is the word for crime, and that's the word that's used for sin, crime. And there's no word for sinners in Japanese, so you use criminals. And those are good terms, because sin is a crime against God's law, and a sinner is a a criminal against God's law. And so the Lord then very graciously explains the parable to them, and then he gets rather specific, rather blunt about speaking about hell in verse 42. Verse 42, he says, shall cast them into a furnace of fire, and he says, there shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. He describes hell as a furnace of fire, and the lost he describes as tares that are bundled up and cast into this furnace of fire as fuel for the fire. It's like they are the fuel for the fire. The lost are the fuel for the fire, he's saying. And this is what it says in Psalm 9, 17, Psalm 9, 17. The wicked shall be turned into hell in all nations that forget God. So usually, fuel for a fire, it's a fuel for a fire, but then it gets burned up, it gets consumed, the fire dies down. But somehow this doesn't happen in hell. The fire never stops. The lost are the fuel in hell, but they never get consumed. This is what's said in Revelation 14, 11. Revelation 14, 11. The smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever, and they have no rest, no rest day nor night, who worship the beast in his image, whosoever receiveth the mark of, this, of his name. So this is like a sorrow that has no comfort. This is like a terror that has no end. And, and, and when you read something like that, the question comes to us, well, what are we supposed to do with that? What are we supposed to do with that knowledge? What are we supposed to do with that information? And the Lord tells us what to do with it in 2 Corinthians 5.11, 2 Corinthians 5.11. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men, we persuade men. We take the leaven of the gospel and hide it in the hearts of others. We, We go out and sow the seed of the first parable of the Word of God, regardless of what we think about what the response will be to the gospel, because we know the terror of the Lord. We know the terror of hell, and that drives us to persuade men to come to Christ, give the good news while we we can. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for these parables, these teachings, Lord, that you so wonderfully selected out of life to show us, teach us. We pray that uh, Lord, you help these truths to be with us. In Jesus' name, amen.
Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. That's P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. That's tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. For more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.